0: The legal system affects each and every one of us here in the Upper Cumberland on a daily basis, and knowing your rights as an American citizen can only help alleviate what could normally be a stressful situation. From a simple speeding ticket all the way up to a full jury trial, host Brett Knight helps keep you Legally relevant. Court is now in session. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Legally Relevant. I'm Brett Knight. Thank you for joining me as we discuss legally relevant topics that affect us here in the Upper Cumberland. I hope you joined us for the last episode where we discuss what to do and what are your rights during a traffic stop. A traffic stop is the most common likely scenario in which you will come into contact with law enforcement officers where during that process you're actually their focus. It's often a very stressful situation, But knowing how to best conduct yourself and what your rights are can help make the situation much less stressful. As I discussed in the last episode, my opinion is that any police encounter where you are the subject of the encounter, your goal should be simple. Your goal should be to keep the encounter quick and narrow in scope. Nothing wrong with having a conversation with law enforcement and talking with them as you see them throughout the community and at different times. But you need to treat the encounters where you're the subject and focus differently than when you see a police officer at a ball game this idea of keeping the encounter quick and narrow in scope also applies to those individuals who enjoy a good constitutional law debate now look i'm not you know downing and and or disrespecting a good debate i i love a good debate as, as much as anybody but when you're pulled over on the side of the road, that's just simply not the place to to have those debates, in my opinion. I'm not doing this podcast as some kind of a primer for future debate masters. We have all probably seen those videos during traffic stops where the the young man or young lady in the car barely rose down the window, refusing to provide a license because they didn't think they should have. Uh, been pulled over, or trying to engage in the officer in some kind of antagonistic conversation about their rights. That is not what we are going to be recommending here on this podcast. And it's not, in my opinion, a very wise course of ac- action. In, in the end, I'm a, pr- I'm a pragmatist. You know, I'm, I want to give good, solid, uh, common sense advice, and I want to conduct myself that way also. So let's go through um, the police encounters during a traffic stop in a quick way That does not expand to any other issues unless you get on your way, unless the officer get on their way. That should be our goal. Again, to try to keep these encounters to be quick and narrow in scope. In the last podcast, we discovered or discussed, I should say, the basic practices for when you're pulled over on a traffic stop. But what if things get a little bit more advanced? What if things are a little bit more complicated? Well, that's what we're going to be discussing today. So for example, what if the police officer asks you to search? Do you have a right to say no? Well, of course, yes, you, you do. You have a right to say no to a search. In fact, I would strongly advise for you to exercise that right. A person has the right to not consent to a search of themselves or their vehicle or their home. So that applies whether you're pulled over on the side of the road or you're at home or you're, you're walking down the street. You have a right to not consent to a search. So what should you do? Well, my advice is that when you're asked um, whether or not they could search your vehicle, you should just politely decline. If they ask again, politely decline again. If they say that they can get a search warrant, then politely say that you understand, but still do not give consent. Again, the, the idea here is this is not an opportunity for some antagonistic conversation. It's just simply you asserting your right in a polite way. So why not just consent i hear this all the time i don't have i didn't have anything to hide or or i just went ahead and let them search they could they they were going to search anyway there's a big difference in the law and in possible legal defenses going forward if you consent to a search as opposed to not consenting so why not consent well first of all because it's your right Um, you know, it's your right to be free of such searches without a warrant or other special circumstances. It's a right that's been hard fought over for years and throughout the history of our country. Second, again, I cannot count the number of times I have had clients arrested for something left in their car or that a passenger had while in their car. So unless you just drove your car off of a new car lot or no one else has ever been in your car, never let your kids borrow it or their friends ride in it. You are not certain what's under the seat, or in the crack between the seats, uh, in the console, or in the pockets of the passenger in your vehicle. So, for these two reasons, my recommendation is always to not consent to a search. Well, what about a dog? What about the uh, drug-sniffing dogs and and the dogs? Well, an officer can walk a dog around your vehicle to see if it smells some kind of illegal substance, usually drugs. They have a reasonable, that's the key word there, a reasonable amount of time to do this. They can't just keep you there for a long period of time waiting for a dog to arrive. Um, The Supreme Court weighed in on this uh, a while back. And and the general rule is that it's the reasonable time that it takes to conclude the reason that they pulled you over to begin with. So in other words, if I'm pulled over for failing to yield at um, at a sign, the officer could ask me to search, and if I say no, they could bring a dog to, you know, sniff around the vehicle. However, if in the reasonable time it should have taken to conclude a normal traffic stop for a failure to yield, if in that period of time they have not gotten the dog there, then I'm free to go. So they cannot detain you there while they wait for a dog to arrive. So what if they say, I have reason to believe that there are illegal items in your car and I'm searching anyway? Okay, well, again, you've politely said that you're not consenting to the search. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be a search. Uh, they could simply do the search either with a warrant or under these other um, special circumstances. We, we'll spend a whole podcast talking about search and seizure one day, and we'll go through all the details in the, in the special circumstances. So what do you do if they say, I've got reasonable you know, suspicion or reasonable belief, and I'm searching your vehicle? Can you stop them from searching the vehicle? absolutely not you cannot stop them in the course of their of their official business even if they're wrong so what you do is you stand back and you let them search this is advice is good for any order given to you um, be polite and if they say step aside you step aside if there are legal issues with what they are doing you need to let your lawyer argue them in court not you argue them on the side of the road you're gonna lose that argument and you may end up with new charges remember This whole encounter is likely being recorded on the officer's body camera, so be respectful and as calm as you can. Speaking of video and audio recording, I have people ask me quite often, can I record a traffic stop or other police encounters or of police encounters? Um, The quick answer is yes, most of the time. Isn't that how the law always seems to work? There is always a basic answer and then some exception to that answer. can I decline a request to search? Yes, unless um, unless it falls within an exception. Uh, I'm not complaining. If it were not for all those gray areas and shades of gray and uh, of black and white, I wouldn't have a job, I guess. So uh, we kind of live in those gray areas as attorneys. So what is the basic principle of law when it comes to recording police encounters? Courts have ruled that constitutionally protected rights that, the, that people have a constitutionally protected right to videotape police encounters and to videotape police carrying out their duties in public. That is the prevailing law in 38 states, including Tennessee. These 38 states are what we refer to as one-party states. That is that they have laws that allow the recording of another person so long as one party to the conversation is aware of the recording. What that means in practice is that if you want to record a conversation with two of your friends over uh, lunch, you could and would not legally have to tell them that you're recording the conversation because you're obviously part of that conversation. Now here's where the law gets a little bit tricky and people can get themselves into trouble. What if in that same situation, um, let's say that you have a recording device in a purse or backpack and you're recording this this lunch conversation at a restaurant that you're a party to. But what if you get up and you go to the restroom and you leave your backpack sitting there on the floor? Well, now you're recording the conversation of your two friends sitting at the dinner table and possibly other people around without their knowledge, and you are no longer a party to the conversation. So the one party rule no longer is going to be in effect because there's no one party that has knowledge in the conversation. So you violated the law at that point. Same goes for putting a voice recorder under the seat of a car um without telling somebody and then they drive down the road um you know singing to themselves their best version of In Still of the Night. And uh yeah, you're you're violating the law at that at that point. You are not a party to that conversation and you're recording it. So again, you do have a right to record police encounters and traffic stops. Uh, As long as you are one of the people uh, that are party to that conversation, you don't have to be actively engaged in the conversation, but that you're there, it's in the public, you're able to hear it, you're able to record it. So what are some exceptions to this? As I said earlier, there's always exceptions. Well, if you're interfering with the officer in his official capacity, you will be asked to move further away. That they might even arrest you with some misdemeanor such as, uh, I don't know, obstruction ju- obstructing justice or disorderly conduct. But you will not be charged for illegally recording police. So you have to record in such a way as to not interfere with their, uh, their official business. The easiest and best way, back to the uh, uh, traffic stop, the easiest and best way to record any potential police encounter during a traffic stop is to have a dash-mounted camera. These are highly popular in Europe and other parts of the world. Um, They can come in handy should you be involved in an accident as well. And they avoid any issues of having to prop up your phone or having to get a camera uh, on your phone going while you're being pulled over. You remember back to the previous podcast where we talked about um, not doing anything. Um, messing around in your car and doing anything that would cause the officer to become concerned as they're approaching your vehicle. Well, messing with your phone, trying to get the camera going, you know, might be one of those things. Also, an officer may ask you for their own safety to hang up any phone calls during the traffic stop. Being on your phone for recording purposes also gives easier access to your phone's content. If the officer, for example, wants to check your text messages for illegal activity, including texting or having phone calls while driving. So while you can record with a dash mounted phone, it is a much better solution if you want to in, uh, record these kind of encounters to have a dash mounted uh, camera to do so. Any encounters outside of your vehicle lend themselves more easily to being able to use your phone to record a police encounter. For example, if, you know, you see something going on, you could, you know, with, with a police officer in the public, you could record that, um, you know, more easily. I want to pause for a second as we're having this discussion uh, to remind you that you're listening to Legally Relevant, and I'm your host, Brett Knight, of the law firm of Fry Fry Knight and Looper. We're coming to you from the Connor Brothers Podcast Center, Connor Brothers Wood Flooring in Cookville, with over 50 years in the industry, providing everything you need for your next home project. Sometimes even a routine traffic stop can slide into a mini-interrogation session. The officer may say something like, I smell alcohol. How much have you had to drink? Or I smell marijuana. When did you last smoke? Can I look at your phone to see where, uh, if you were texting? And my personal and least favorite uh, of all of these statements, how much cash do you have in your vehicle? We've seen that in, in Tennessee um, in the past. The thing to remember with any of these is to recognize what's going on. You need to recognize that the officer has shifted into investigative mode for whatever reason. You should also shift into constitutional mode at that point. So if you, if you feel like the officer has shifted into investigative mode, then you need to clearly make sure that you've shifted into constitutional mode. Your response should be to assert in a very polite way, again, your constitutional right to remain silent, just as, as we discussed about searching. You could say something along the lines of, Officer, I'm not going to answer any questions about my conduct or activities. Officer, I respectfully, I'm not going to consent to a search of my phone. Officer, I'm not going to make any statements about how much money I have or, you know, any other contents of my vehicle. Again, be polite, but assert your constitutional rights. You will likely get a follow-up statement from the police officer trying to get you to move off of your constitutional position. They may say something like, well, what are you hiding then? If you didn't have anything to hide, um, you would agree to let me look at your phone. If you didn't have anything to hide, you would tell me how much money you have in your vehicle. So let's just go ahead and tackle that fairy tale right now. Who, who invokes their rights? That, that's the question I guess we'll get to the meat of it. Who invokes their constitutional rights during a traffic stop? I can tell you from my experience, both as a prosecutor for the state of Tennessee and as a defense attorney, it's not just guilty people. It's not just people who have something to hide. In fact, these folks hardly ever invoke their rights, and I have hundreds of cases to demonstrate that. The people who invoke their rights are the people who know them and who know the system. So who invokes their rights in situations like these? Judges, lawyers, people in the community who understand the laws and rights given them, and I guarantee you, many police officers and their families. There is not, in fact, there's not a group of people in existence who are quicker to invoke their right to remain silent when interrogated or questioned about improper or inappropriate conduct than lawyers and cops. Why? Because we're more guilty than other people? No, no, I I hope not. But it's because these two groups of people know the law, and they know the system. And they know that innocent people get in trouble when they don't invoke rights afforded to them. So, don't let this guilt tactic work on you. If asked questions like these, be polite and invoke your right. Hey, that kind of rhymes. I ought to put that on the back of a business card. Be polite, invoke your rights. And be be proud that you live in a country where you have these hard-fought rights. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's something to actually be very proud of. While there are many more specific situations um, that than what we've covered, we've covered some of the most common. We'll have to do a separate podcast on, on search and seizures, and we'll probably do a separate podcast on a DUI stop. Maybe we can discuss that another time, and definitely we'll be able to afford it a little more time in its own podcast. But essentially, I can boil down my advice on these situations into a few things. First, be prepared before the traffic stop occurs. Have your documents ready and readily available. We discussed that in the first podcast. Be polite and always strive to keep the encounter quick and narrow in scope. You've heard me say that over and over again. Be polite and always strive to keep the encounter quick and narrow in scope. Also, invoke your rights. No searches, no statements, and no guilt over using your rights. The final thing I want to discuss is, I guess, the overarching reason why I suggest all these things. First, I want to emphasize and empathize with the officers making the stop. I know how tough of a situation it is walking up to a vehicle where you do not know what you're about to come on. Is it a violent person? Or a nice member of the community? A screaming, angry person? Or a friend that you might know? These police officers are often in a heightened state of anxiety as they approach the car, and for good reason. The quicker we as the driver put them at ease, knowing that there is not going to be any issues with this stop, the quicker they go from this tactical mode to a community law enforcement mode, it will make the encounter better and safer for us all. Second, I want the driver and the passengers to leave this traffic stop with as minimal issues as possible. That's why I focus on politeness and invoking your rights. In the end, I want to help people in the traffic stop with a turn signal and pulling back out onto the road, not a tow truck and a trip to jail. Well, I'm out of time for this episode. Thank you very much for joining me, and please join me again next time and follow me on this blog as we explore legally relevant topics affecting the Upper Cumberland. Have a great day. You've been listening to Legally Relevant in the Connor Brothers Podcast Center. Keep up with new episodes and download your favorites.